Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Peyton. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show Sweet Tooth. This week we are covering episode three of Sweet Tooth, titled Weird Deer Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Which we find out in this episode exactly what that means. Yes. Um, I I keep looking at this title and I'm thinking what kept coming across my mind is how am I going to put that title in, in, in the subject when I publish this episode? I, can mm-hmm. I put curse words in the podcast titles? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to look Maybe that, yeah, people who are listening to this will have already seen what we decided thinking maybe do it the way that Netflix did the title where like, it's like the little asterisk. It's like S asterisk oh, asterisk T or okay. something. That <laughs> like, is how I put the feedback or the feedback post on on Facebook. Because I'm like, I yeah. don't know. I don't want to like <laughs> be crossing a line here with you know. I mean, I let the words fly out of my mouth. I don't have a problem mm-hmm. with cursing, but I thought, well, I don't want to get anything stirred up with Facebook or anything. So no, I, Facebook I, has been awful about yeah. that kind of stuff lately. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So I thought, well. I don't, I'm not pushing it. So I'll just, you know, kind of fudge it a little bit. So that might be how I do it also for, um, but yeah, that that's like just one of those fleeting thoughts in my head that I'm like, yeah. okay, how am I going to, I don't know if I've ever had to publish an episode with a curse word in the title. Um, okay. But anyway, so yeah, a lot happening in this episode and yeah. I don't know, a lot of anxiety. My anxiety was, was uh, really uh, spiked this episode. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah, there was definitely a lot of really tense moments for sure. Yeah. That, yeah. So in a would, couple of different places, a couple of different ways. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of different scenes and a couple of different instances of where my anxiety was was really spiking. What what did you think overall about the episode? Did you like this week's episode? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I Good. think it's it's doing what a, you know, great early episodes and seasons of shows can do where you you know, get some answers on stuff and like the little mysteries are unraveling, but then it's also setting up storylines for like big stuff that's still to come. It sure is. Um, all right. Well, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this week's episode and all the weird deer shit um, <laughs> that we need to cover. So with that being said, do you want to start us off with your number five? All right. Uh, number five, talking about the, the, tension and anxiety uh (laughs) just a quick one but it's kind of a follow-up to last week which is sing's new job new (laughs) responsibilities he finds himself in uh and it really starts off with me being like whoop there it is a confirmation of everything we had kind of talked about or yep you know assumed last week where it's like yeah dr bell has definitely been using hybrids taking their blood, glands, bone marrow, cells, etc., to try to find her cure. And now Addie is expected to continue that work. Of course, he's not comfortable with it, and he wants to find an alternative other than the harvesting and killing half-human children for his mm-hmm. research. But he's just not sure if there is one because, you know, he doesn't want to do it, but he also, above all, really wants to save his wife. So um, he's very conflicted. And the high tension scene, of course, is where he gets that like supply drop brought in. And he's just like kind of nervously like taking like the gauze and like little things off the top. And next thing you know, he's just ripping through it because he has to see. He's like expecting to find some like baby, hybrid baby or something I, at the bottom I, of the box. Like, yeah, I was like, please, please, please. I don't want to see like kid body parts or yeah. anything like that. I was like, please don't make me see that. I know that this there there are dark elements to this show, but please don't make me yeah. see that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he was like relieved that luckily that time hasn't come for him yet, but, but he's I, definitely very anxious and not really wanting to do that, but also finding him in that position of this could be the only way that I can save my wife and also like the rest of the world. I I know I can't Im- imagine the position that he's in. You know, he's a doctor who seems to really enjoy, you know, he he kind of mentions, you know, that he's kind of happy being back in a practical way of at least practicing medicine, not so much like yeah. trying to find this cure and having to deal with the dilemma of what he's faced with, but just being able to help people again and actually practice his craft. And so he seems to take really 
a great pride in, in his, his field and his profession. And that's, I'm sure why he does struggle so much. I mean, I think most people would, right. Um, struggle with the dilemma of what he's facing, but for, Mm -hmm. for being a doctor, when you swear to do no harm, you know, you take that oath and that's like the, the very, that's like the strongest. That's like the first oath is first do no harm. And then the rest of the Hippocratic oath, which I don't know and don't have in front of me, but I do know that that's like the Mm -hmm. first oath is do no harm, but he's being asked to do harm. And even though, um, even if you want to try to justify like, well, they're just hybrids. Well, they're, they are half human, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and to me still, I mean, uh, I'm an animal lover. So even, you know, animal, human doesn't matter. Life is life. And, yeah. you know, so to me, it, there isn't a distinction there. So, um, you know, there's still not a justification to it, even though if people want to argue, well, they're just hybrids. And I don't mean like people here, but like in this world. Um, yeah. But then he's also, so he has that struggle, that ethical and, you know, um, struggle, but then the moral struggle. And then also his wife, whom he, he loves and cares for and wants to, you know, wants to cure. And also, like you said, the rest of the world. I mean, to have all of that yeah. on you and how, like how far are you willing to go, you know, f- for this? Mm-hmm. And I admire that he's trying to find other other means of concocting this cure and keeping it going and keeping his wife alive and continuing the research without having to resort to, you know, um, getting whatever the, whatever they're, they're getting exactly from the hybrids, whatever they're drawing yeah. from them. Um, I, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I can, I'll just straight up say it. I would not be fit for that. I just say no, yeah, no couldn't do it. <laughs> kind of in that position be like, eh, well, the human race had a good run. We're good. We're fine. We're done. <laughs> yep. Sorry. You know, we gave it a go. Just didn't, just didn't work out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is our um, extinction level event. You know, we're just gonna, mm-hmm. we're just, we're done here. Um, but yeah, I very tense. Definitely a very tense moment here. Yeah. Definitely um, part of the um, anxiety in this episode. I like that. Well, that kind of leans into my number five, and that is super spreader Ronnie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I was wondering where you, because that's that's a, like, a further point for me. But yeah, I was just like, <clears throat> that was the question I had for you. I was like, oh, I, Rima, what do you, I was like, is she the reason that Doug contracted the sick because you notice that during the charades game Mm -hmm. she's like lightly symptomatic because you know Addie's trying to gargoyle them out of there and (laughs) (laughs) i like that she's she's the one that gets the the you know the question right she guesses ben her and then she because she's excited because she's the one that got it and she high fives the person sitting next to her which is uh doug (laughs) yeah Mm mm-hmm I, yeah, I, you know, I really liked the character of Ronnie when we first met her and felt really terrible and still do that she is infected. Um, yeah. And I, you know, like so I, I really liked her to start with, but I, I'm feeling a little conflicted now that she seems to be okay uh, with sacrificing kids for a cure. And I mean... I know that if, if you are in, if you were in that position, like you knew that this meant your life and death. And if that is, is what you were faced with, who knows how low you would be willing to go to save your life. Um, it's hard to say when you're not in that position. Right. So it's, it's, I understand that it's probably not right for me to judge her for thinking that, you know, like, well, if this is what we need to do to come up with a cure so I can live. But I mean, I don't know. Um, where I'm at, I'm totally just judging her for it at this point. I don't, I don't think it's okay. Um, and yeah, I feel like knowing that she, you know, as Addie's trying to tell her, like, you should stay home, you know, you're still, you're contagious and clearly your symptoms, we've not been able to suppress them completely. And, you know, you can see her pinky twitching before they even go to the party, but she's just like, nope, I have to go. And it just, it makes me really angry. And it, boy, does it really hit a nerve with me considering where we are 
today as we were talking, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. I, I, I want to try to keep a lot of that out. It's hard to keep what's going on in today's world out of this conversation because it definitely, a lot of things hit home um, yeah. and are, you know, just do hit nerves. But with, with it, it did touch a nerve considering the things that we have going on today that she is willing to, you know, leave her home and be like, we have to go, or at least I have to go because it's, you know, they're going to talk about it if we don't. Um, and I think that she infected Doug and it seems it happened pretty mm-hmm. quick. I mean, not only the transmission, but the yeah. symptoms seem mm-hmm. to pop up really quick. Um, and I think that she did that to Doug. I think she got him killed. Yeah. So I'm pretty upset that she decided to knowingly go knowing that she could infect anyone at that party. And then we see what happens. I mean, they're walking by home. I don't know if I quite understood that or not, but um, I, I mean, I guess once we see what happens to Doug, but um, yeah. I don't know, not, not really loving the character of Ronnie at this moment. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how she feels after this episode, um, you know, where her thoughts are. Yeah. Does it like bring her down to a realization that like she can't, be that way or it's like so there's, there's like a positive or a negative because mm-hmm. you could either yeah they said it could bring them to a realization like okay we need to be more careful and like other people matter or it could have them double down on like well now you have to do this stuff with the hybrids because we have to find a cure for me exactly like, it could go either way totally could yeah so i don't know guess we'll see uh what happens but i just i, I just was not happy uh, with her this week. So yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your number four? My number four is, I don't think we actually got her name officially in the episode other than what well, she, we kind of did. It was one of her friends calling her, her character like in the game and then that, but then that is what she's credited as, but that is bear. Okay. And mm-hmm. her crew, these the kids that we see, you know, they, they, so, so I guess they've developed a video game based on fighting last men poachers while wearing animal costumes, using animal powers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was <Okay>. Interesting. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And mm-hmm. then while they're playing this like VR game and they're all into it, this alarm goes off saying, you know, you know, hybrid in need hybrid in help. And they, they stop everything and head out. So it's like, Oh, so they have like a cause. They're this freedom fighter brigade with a cause of helping hybrid kids in need, which is really cool and Mm -hmm. we don't get much more of them up until like the end i mean we do get to see you know all the kids are outside playing you know you know knocking down pictures of hybrids and saying horrible things and gus is really unnerved and upset by it and she runs into a bear and she calms him down very nice and helpful with the whole breathing and everything it was really sweet yeah and then she wants to take him with her i don't know why he told her that he was alone just for jeff to show up but you know, she wanted to kind of take him in and help. I think she recognized that he was a real hybrid right away. Yeah, and I saw agree. he was so out of his element and was willing to help. But then I guess she kind of kept tabs on him because then the last men who are transporting them, which we finally got a name for them. You know, speaking, of, I keep saying the last men because that's Tommy calls them that while they're in the bus. And I was mm-hmm. like, hmm, interesting. We have a a name. Yeah, but yeah, they're transporting them and they get ambushed and killed. I mean, like brutally arrows and swords and everything. I mean, they went all out. Yeah, they they had put their uh, VR training to good use. Yeah, it's very effective. Bear and tiger. It looks like they go by the names of like the animals that they kind of embody and wear the the clothes and who they play in their game. And yeah, well, it would be smart things. to use like more code names than yeah. like their real names, right? That would be safer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I wonder, you know, they're like this resistance squad, but I wonder, is that who we saw at the end of episode two? Because the people that we saw there had like these, you know, furs and animal like masks and hoods on. I was like, oh, so maybe they weren't bad people. Like I was thinking maybe it was more of her group, which is super cool if that's the case. I think you're right. I think they just look really scary to be intimidating, uh, Mm -hmm. maybe to the right people. But yeah, I I feel is when I saw them dressed that way, I was like, oh, they look like the the same people. Uh, group that we saw when they were going over the tram uh, yep. and they were, you know, looking up at them and stuff. And I was like, Ooh. Uh, so yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really all I have. Yeah. It's just cause we don't see a lot of them, but we get introduced to this group and 
I'm very excited to see where that goes. Yeah, def- that's one of my points also. Um, yeah, this animal army, you know, question mark. Um, mm-hmm. I'm interested to see and learn a little bit more about them. And th- it did take me out of it, though, when they're doing this VR um, fighting training. Uh, when the distress call comes across the uh, loudspeaker mm-hmm. and you hear emergency IRL I- hybrid distress. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to read it that way. <laughs> it, just, it really so it took me out of it. I couldn't. I couldn't get past it there for a minute. I was like, "Wait a minute! Come on!" Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the point of that was and why they made that decision, but that moment kind of took me out. But um, yeah, I, I, I am interested about this female leader. You know that we meet and kind of what you know because they started it out with uh, the episode with the line great leaders are created in the most unexpected places um, yeah and then we are introduced to, the, to these rebel child soldiers so i think it's interesting to find out who this female leader is about their group and um what was i i thought also interesting is when they did meet up with jeopard and gus there at the end jeopard looks scared for the first time mm-hmm um, he he's a pretty tough guy and he hasn't really shown a lot of fear. Like when he was going up against the poachers, when he was, you know, going up against the lost men up in the um, visitor center. I mean, he took charge of the situation and he just was like, wow, this dude can take on anything, but he was actually kind of scared. I don't know if he knows who they are or maybe has Mm -hmm. heard of who they are or whatever, but I don't know. He, he looks like he hasn't ever dealt with them before. So yeah, be kind of interesting to see um moving forward what happens there sure they're very capable that's for sure (laughs) they were very capable for sure good number four um my number four i wanted to expand a little bit more on what we were talking about in the beginning of the episode when we were talking about the dinner party and um Mm -hmm. uh, addy and ronnie going to the dinner party and that was um what they do with the infected um Mm -hmm. so we get as i mentioned as they're walking to the party and you know she's kind of making a point like well you know you remember what happened to and i can't remember his name but you remember what happened to so-and-so when he said he didn't feel like going. okay yeah so he didn't feel like going to the party um now whether or not he was just sick or maybe he just didn't want to go to the party maybe he just wanted to stay home and netflix or something maybe he's feeling a little (laughs) introverted you know and didn't want to go um so i I guessed from that was that you know it was saying you know oh he was staying away from people and Mm -hmm. i think he had a good reason i think he was sick because they probably did the same thing like well you haven't been showing up to the party so right you know we need to check in on you and while we're here let's see if there's any symptoms and maybe run a blood test and then oh looks like we got to yeah. set your house on fire it, well exactly but it's it's what really sucks that i got from that was like if you're just feeling like staying in does that just automatically make you sus right like did they at least go and be like well, you know, we're kind of concerned you haven't been coming around and we just want to make sure you're feeling okay. Like, did they at least test him to verify that he was sick or is it just like, yeah. well, I would hope so. <laughs> he's sus. So let's just burn him up in his house, you know? So, mm-hmm. but I, I question that because of, um, of how we see how this plays out there at the dinner party. I mean, did they burn Doug alive? Yeah. That's kind of what I, I gathered from it was they like duct taped him to a chair and then just, Set his house on fire with him sitting in there. I mean, and then what was up with the saran wrap? I mean, I had total Dexter vibes um, yeah. from from them doing that. So I'm not sure what, if it was just meant to, like, that's what they had Our on hand. Yeah, but, uh, you yeah, know, just, whatever just can used keep to him. strap him in yeah. and keep him from escaping. But it was just very strange. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a little concerning. Because I'm like, oh, my God, did they did they at least mercy kill and and then set his house on fire to like eliminate the you know like contaminated you know you know I'm guessing they're thinking the whole house is contaminated his he is contaminated his belongings and everything so it's it's it shows it what I feel like they're showing here and I feel like we kind of see in our world is how the rich can just get away with like everything and mm-hmm. how in this episode it how it plays out here and how they are just so downright ruthless 
when it comes to the infected, like everything seems so happy and cheerful and everything's rainbows and unicorns, you know, when the, when they're having the party, but then somebody's infected. Well, you know, then you see the other face um, and how, you know, come, come on and how ruthless they are. And, and it, it goes so far as that you even have one of the guests outside eating the surprise pecan pie. Right. <laughs> while the house is being set aflame and it's burning. And then they start singing, um, was it all, all, all lane. Old lane sign. Yeah. Um, and then if you're so concerned about the spread of the virus and catching the virus, why are you eating the damn pie that the, right. the infected person made? I don't know. I just, I had that, that part where he's just, you know, they're singing and he's eating that pie as the house goes up in flames. And I'm just like, what is happening to this was such a dark, dark moment. Yeah. In, in this um, episode that, and I get it. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm fine with dark, but it just, it really caught me. I was like, wow, that, that's dark. Um, yeah. And it makes you wonder like what it's going to do to, to Addie psychologically and trauma. Like, cause yeah. I mean, he's the one that had to test Doug and then basically be like, yeah, this is what we have to do the whole time. Knowing that his wife is right there with him symptomatic and probably contagious, even though she said she wasn't. Mm -hmm. And this is probably all of their fault for being there. And yet he's just got to play it cool and be like, Oh, what a, I guess another wave is coming. What an unfortunate circumstance. Oh, well. And, and again, his oath of do no harm. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's doing it in this case, you know, by, you know, allowing, uh, I don't like to use that word, but, when they decide to go to the party and, you know, and then knowingly she gets him infected, he plays a part in that. So he's probably feeling immense guilt from that too, knowing that they've killed a man. Um, But again, when you're looking at the choices of, well, we don't want to be suspicious by not going to the party. If you say that you're not feeling well, well then they're going to come test you and then look what's going to happen. Um, oh, yeah, and I bet with this Hanson guy, it was definitely uh, Nancy who showed up at his door. Like, mm, we haven't seen you for a while because I just <laughs> she's her the, whole like character body. She is, I yeah, think, no, she's nosy Nancy, body. the neighborhood watch, neighborhood captain. watch, right? She's a neighborhood watch captain. I, uh, they I was like, just of named, course, yeah, they, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we know, we all know someone like her, right? <laughs> mm. It's like, of course she carries her portable virus test kit with her at all times, because that's what she, uh, so I thought back to the Hanson situation. She was the one knocking on the door. Uh, you haven't been at the party or whatever. So I have this test kit. So I'm going to need you to do this. Yeah. It's for, just for the good of the neighborhood. It's very, you know. yep. very good impression. Very good impression. <laughs> yeah. Cause she's even the one when talking to, to Addie and, and Ronnie being just like, Oh, you know, you two are so much in love or whatever. And Ronnie has that line. She says, well, life is fleeting. So every moment, make the best of it. And she, immediately she's like, oh, really? What is there something you need to talk about? Is there something? Like, she's just trying to pry on like the most basic things. Right. Like Back off, Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone is suspicious. Back off. Yeah. It's like she's looking for it or something like she is looking for a reason to accuse somebody of something. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. That's, that's not a good place to be in. I, there's all just all kinds of struggle happening um, in this episode for sure, but definitely stuck between a rock and a hard place. And it's like, there's no winning at all, but I mean, I don't know. That was rough. So, (laughs) Uh, what is your number three? My number three, I have uh, Tommy Jeopard and his plans, both good and bad. Uh, just kind of, mm, it is yeah. a little loose because also just kind of we get to a little bit more of his character. So even kind of just his plans of, you know, him himself kind of navigating this world. But so a couple of little things, you know, you see like he has that bus hidden out in the woods mm-hmm. where he kind of keeps his stuff. He says, you know, I, I don't live anywhere. I don't live here, but it's a little home base in a way that he's got, you know, a little safe spot and he can keep his things, including like, I guess like a Heisman and like some other football trophies and stuff. Like, is that what that was? I couldn't make it out in the dark. I don't know if it was my TV settings or something. Was it a Heisman? I I wasn't sure uh, if one of them was for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. But there's definitely a lot of, you know, 
trophies and stuff. And yep. he's just kind of, it's like a small part of his past. He's holding on to maybe to ground him at times. Yeah. I assume there, but yeah, he comes up with the plan of disguising Gus as a normal kid pretending to be a hybrid, <laughs> which is, I guess a lot of the other kids, all the other kids at the market do the same thing for some reason. So yeah, I'm curious. It works. That. Why, if, hybrids are so hated why kids dress in cosplay like hybrids yeah so it's interesting yeah but yeah and so they they go to the market and then he has this whole plan of you know getting the ticket for gus making him think it's his ticket but then giving it to gus sending him to colorado on his own and then while he's there at the market he gets his med refills from some guy named richie who apparently the last men have shut down and he can't Tell his meds anymore. The person she's talking to, <laughs> welcome to Abbott's America. She's like, ooh, as a Texan, that does sound horrifying. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, we'll get into that. Um, no. <laughs> but, but yeah, so he kind of gets sidetracked with this whole pill thing. So when he can't find his, that's like, he really, you know, Gus can smell them. And so when he realized there's like a whole stockpile, that's the bad plan. Um, you know, he had some good ideas, but then yeah. the real bad idea was then taking Gus to to help him find these pills to load up. And because of that, they end up running into these guards and having to fight them. One of them realizes Gus is a real hybrid. And then that just sends the dominoes falling to where they end up getting snagged right before the train takes off. So, oh, so close. I know. But, but also, was the train idea really that good to begin with? Because I'm thinking, like, what's his plan? Like, he's going to send Gus on the train to Colorado to some other station where it's probably another market station and stuff. But now Gus is alone, and he's just going to assume, like, oh, and he'll be fine when he gets there. And he'll be able to take care of himself in just more last men and nor- more people he doesn't know and his mm-hmm. place he has no idea where he's at. So, I don't know. I don't think... it. It was thought up, but not maybe the most <laughs> best idea. I don't know. It was definitely not. It was an, uh, an idea. Um, and he's just like, oh, you're sweet tooth. You'll figure it out. And it's like, you're putting a lot of, of faith into this kid who has shown he is very underprepared for real life in a lot of ways. He's impulsive and definitely not prepared. He has zero way of navigating this world he's he hasn't been outside mm-hmm. of his little bubble his yeah. entire life all he's known is that bubble that you know pubs there are that he and Peppa was in for his entire yeah. life um he has no clue about you know how to navigate the world and you know he doesn't have any type of currency um and he just doesn't know how the world works and he's a child yeah. so even if he, mm-hmm. he even if he did i mean he's he's a child and a very vulnerable child, considering he's a hybrid. And it's pretty yeah. difficult to disguise the fact that he's a hybrid, clearly. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, not a great idea. Um, yeah, it's just this <laughs> Jeopard having this just impulse of his own being like, yeah. I have to get rid of this kid. And now that I've decided that's what I have to do, I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. And. You know, like you see him kind of warming up to him a little bit. I mean, he's been nicer and kinder to him, but then yeah. he's still just like, but I've made the decision that I'm sending him away. So let me make sure I still do that. So hopefully now after they've been what they've been through at this point, I'm hoping that going forward, Tommy is a lot more like, I guess I'm stuck with this kid and I might as well take that protector role fully now. I hope. I hope so. I hope so. Because, um, yeah, some questionable decisions there and just struggling with the fact that he was just going to, I mean, it was one thing to not that I thought it was awesome or anything, but it's one thing to leave him behind at the visitor center with that family. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, at least he would be left with people who understood the world um, could maybe protect him, give him a a life, you know, he'd have a place to be and have like a family. Right. Um, And he wouldn't be, be alone. But to just yeah. put him on a train and be like, oh, good luck, kid, with no knowledge of how the world works, no way to, you know, um, just doesn't know how to navigate the world, um, just seems yeah. cruel. 
I mean, you're you're mm-hmm. basically sending him out to his death, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like that. My my number three actually um, is um, has a lot of that point as well, and that's just basically like the market and and what they experienced there. It was a yeah. very stark contrast. This class system now Mm -hmm. in this world when we see like this behind the gates rich environment um you know where they're having these dinner parties and kind of still kind of living life for the most part kind of like it was right i mean obviously there are some differences um but i mean they're just they're having dinner parties and they're living life and kind of going on. And they definitely are very ruthless um, when it comes to the infected. And then you see this market and it's a very stark contrast to a different class of, of people and, and how that works. And, you know, so it was, I, I mean, I can't imagine what it was like for sweet tooth to see some of those things. Like you were talking about how they, you know, are hitting pictures of uh, hybrids and saying these, you know, cruel things and, so it had to be very um, hard for him as well. But as far as like Jeopard, I, I thought it was nice when he kind of took on that uh, parental role when he made him the hat, you know, to try to mm-hmm. hide the fact that he's a hybrid. And, you know, which I, I thought, man, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to hide the fact that he's a hybrid. <laughs> I mean, you can't really put anything on his head. He's got these yeah. big old antlers. Um, and then you've got his ears i don't know if they could have i don't know maybe a hoodie or something to help hide those ears um because his his ears are very much like his eyebrows those are kind of yeah. like you know what we've talked about how they inflict you know yes. like you know <laughs> the inflection and you know with his emotions it's very much yeah so like it's a lot harder to get a handle on exactly so um but i thought it was nice that he, he was at least trying to come up with a way to try to make him blend a little bit um, so he's making this hat for him, trying to help, you know, get him, you know, through the market and kind of disguise him a little bit. But you could definitely see the anxiety on his face when he's worried that people might see his ears twitch. So you can kind of see him acting like a parent in that role. Mm-hmm. But then it made me angry when he decides to risk being caught just to be able to go get his medicine. Um, and I'm like, well, what the hell is this medicine for? Is it pain management or addiction? Um, yeah. You know, I feel like it has to be kind of an extreme thing for him to be willing to, you know, risk getting caught, you know, for to, to just be able to go get this medicine when when Gus sniffs it out. Um, so. So, yeah. yeah. And that's another bad idea is like leaving him there. I mean, like he had enough time. He went and got the ticket and Gus was still there and he like sees him still sitting there and he's like, well, I guess I have time to go get my meds, too. And then it's like, man, you. You were right you there. You should know. <laughs> you, you were right <laughs> He's there. He's not going to sit there very long. You lucked out. and <laughs> I know. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. I mean, Gus, you know, I, I get he's a kid. And I'm like, you know, I guess I probably didn't listen very well when I was a kid. Um, and I know it's more of a, a teenage maybe thing that people are like, well, yeah, teenagers might act that way. But, you know, when I was a little kid, I would actually listen to my parents. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I didn't listen so well either. I definitely had, I got into a lot of trouble for not listening. <laughs> so maybe that's why I can kind of relate to Gus just being like, you know, he's on this adventure. He wants to experience these things. And he doesn't seem, I feel like he does have a little bit of fear in him after seeing the poachers come after him and the lost men and seeing how, you know, seeing for himself how people were talking and treating hybrids. Um, But at the same time, it wasn't enough to keep him still, Uh, you know, and he was getting up and venturing out. So I'm like, why didn't he just take him with him to go get the damn ticket? Why did he have to go off and leave him? Because I just feel like Sweet Tooth is so impulsive and not great at listening. We've kind of seen that. Just take him with you. That could have eliminated yeah. a lot of this. So, anyway, um, what is your number two? My number two is kind of just tacking on to that, which I, I called my number two just a normal human boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, Gustafer Chocolate Dingleberry the uh, Third. A great normal, boring human boy name, right? Um, <laughs> <That's> hilarious. <laughs> But yeah, uh, it was it was a really smart, you know, other than the 
the helmet and kind of making him, it was kind of a funny, you know, it's like you're faking that you're fake, even though that we know you're real, but that's our secret. <laughs> uh, you know, that's great. But then also the really good idea. He was just like, if anybody's suspect of you in any way, just start talking to them because hybrids don't talk. Like that's been kind of the understanding is nobody has ever encountered hybrids that can talk. Mm-hmm. So that's the easy way out. And he was like, don't talk to anybody unless they talk to you first, but then you can just, if you just start talking to them, like, oh, yeah, normal human boy. Um, <laughs> but probably don't say, like he says to Bear when he runs into her, he's like, I'm just a normal human boy. <laughs> 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 oh, that's super convincing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we believe that for sure. <laughs> but yeah, just the the caramel apples, him just going to town on those apples, which sounds pretty good right now. I can't fault but, him for that. I love yeah. caramel apples. Jeez. Yeah. But then him just being like, you have to stop like chowing down on them. Like you're still in the forest. <laughs> Is that weird deer shit? <laughs> Sorry. Yep. Like, aw. <laughs> he was so cute. So cute. Yeah. He, he, yeah, definitely gives him away a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, so it's a quick point, but I was just like, it's, it's fun seeing Gus like get into that role because I mean he is you just see the innocence and like how much of a little kid he is mm-hmm. to where Tommy really has to like crack down on him and be like this is not a game and if things don't go well with you if you're playing around too much and people figure out like you could die and this is a serious thing because he's throwing on these voices you know like I said I have it written down because I love how he's like I'm Gustafer Chocolate Dingleberry <laughs> the third he was just like no, just Gus. Hi, I'm Gus. And just like, hi, voice. Like, use your real voice. What are you doing? Like, this is not a game. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love, I love their interaction. And he's <laughs> such a cute little boy. Um, definitely has a he's few. Just too stinking adorable. I can't stand it. He sometimes. is. It's it's hard for me to be mad at him. I get, I get right. mad and frustrated at some of his actions. I'm like, what are you doing? Why can't you just listen? Like, is your last name Grimes that you can't stay in one place <laughs> at one time when you're told, you know, to stay in the house, you don't leave the house. Um, but so, but it's still, it's, it's um, hard to stay mad at him for me anyway, for too long. Yes. Yeah. He is so darn cute. Um, that's a really good uh, number two. Um, <clears throat> I speaking of Gus, you know, I'm. It was interesting to kind of see his feelings. You know, when they have that first night on the bus in Jeopard's mm-hmm. hideout, and you know, Gus has a bad dream about being abandoned by Jeopard yeah. after he realizes that Jeopard fully intended to leave him. You know, there at the yeah. visitor center. You know, he copped up to it. And I think, I think he was smart enough to, to get that, you know, get what Jeopard was saying was like, well, don't ask any questions you don't want the answers to. Um, yeah, that was, that was rough that a little rough. bit. You just see the way that he responds to that answer. Cause he, yeah, like you said, he knows full well what that means is that that is a yes, basically. And he's just like, Oh, like, yeah, it's this kind of thing. He's like, well, maybe you don't actually, you're not warming up to me and you don't care for me as I thought you maybe were. And so you, and so that's what it really sucks with then at the market where he's just like, you can still come with me. And he's like, no, that's not the plan. I'm just sending you on your own. And he's, he's feeling abandoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you look at what the kid has gone through, you know, living in this world with just him and his papa and his papa in a way abandoned him you know, I mean, if he, I know he was trying to protect him and, but in doing so, you know, made himself get sick and died and left him. Uh, that was a form of abandonment. Um, you know, and now he's met Jeopard who he's really forming an attachment to, and he's just ready to up and up and leave him. And, you know, he's only ever known that bubble and he, you know, his father didn't prepare him for what the world was, which to be fair, no. he didn't know himself what the world was. He was also yeah. in that bubble. So, you know, he didn't know, but you know, he didn't really prepare him for life. He didn't understand what was happening out in the world. Um, I mean, I think he, he knew that hybrids wouldn't be, or, or were not, being well accepted and that his life was in danger. Yeah. And that was the whole point of, of hiding him away. I just don't know that he 
was so great about really preparing him for that and how dangerous it really yeah. w- was for him. And so he never took it as seriously. Um, and I think Gus questions a lot of what his pub had told him, you know, because he's seeing things that, you know, were very one-sided and from one perspective. And, you know, so, you know, I guess he just never really took that very seriously. And, you know, now he's being exposed to all of these wonderful sights, you know, as he's going along on this adventure with the big man, you know, as they're traveling to the town mm-hmm. and then to the market and, you know, everything that's happening there and all that's getting ready to his change. mind blown by caramel. <laughs> oh, and you know, who, who wouldn't be? I love when it was really, really funny when he was like, what's, what's that? And he's like, well, it's better than, mm-hmm. better than syrup. And he goes, better than mm-hmm. syrup. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, yes, caramel is better than syrup. I, it's embarrassing if there's like some syrup or some caramel left around me, I will just eat it out of the jar or if I will make syrup, <laughs> I will just eat it. I'm, mm-hmm. I very much relate to sweet tooth. Um, <laughs> but you know, he's out on this adventure with the big man and all that's yeah. getting ready to change. If once he gets on that train to Colorado, where again, he's going to be abandoned and mm-hmm. he has to just be having all kinds of feelings about that. Um, so I don't know that I just, I can't help but feel for this kid. Like I said, as, as you know, impulsive and some of the annoying things that he can do. And you're just like, why are, why don't you just listen? And why can't you just behave and listen to what you're being told to do at the same time? Just it's difficult to hold too much of that against him when you see yeah. all that he's been through and um, still going through and facing. So that's my number two. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, what is cool. your number one? My number one, uh, we have completely covered, I think, because it was, yeah, it was the party and that whole situation. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we covered that pretty much fully. So, yeah. Well, my my number one was actually the animal army with uh, oh. that we've already <laughs> talked about. Maybe we're both out of number ones this episode. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have anything more to say about that. Um, do you have any notes? Yeah, I've got a couple of extra little notes and stuff. I don't okay. know. Maybe I can throw the music section in here too. Uh, well, yes, please. Yeah, but yeah, uh, we do get you know the very ending of the episode. I had to make a note about General Abbott. We kind of meet him and his Eggman from Sonic looking self. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <I> did. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they, the whole like kind of ending beat is this, you know, they found her, 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 you know, I was like, well, who is her? Yeah. Is it Bear? Is it Gus's mom? Is it Amy? Someone else? Mm-hmm. We'll have to see. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. I had a couple extra little like Gus notes, I think, to, uh, the, yeah, Halloween, where Papa made my favorite pancakes and we shot stuff with slingshots. And <laughs> Jeffrey being like, your Papa was a weird dude. That's <laughs> a funny line. I said, honestly, that sounds like a pretty great Halloween. Favorite pancakes and slingshots? I'm down. I, uh, I would be down for that for Halloween. Yeah. Love pancakes. And then, uh, just, then there's a little like callback when they get to the market or like whether well, the, the train station. And he says, it does look like a caterpillar or whatever. And he was like, just like Rusty said when we were playing trains. I was like, oh, it's a little callback to that. I was like, oh, Aww. yeah. I'm glad he made a little friend mm-hmm. for a short time. But yeah. And then, yeah, the last of my notes again is just the music, uh, which is just so awesome. I might end up having to make a playlist for this show. Just like throw all of these songs into a playlist on Spotify or something because they're so good. But. I think so. Well, I don't, I actually don't have any notes myself. So I, I'm interested to hear um, what you have um, for the music. Cause there was, I thought some really yeah. good music choices again, this episode. Yeah. And there's a couple that I won't include that were just like kind of random royalty free kind of things like during like the market, like with the games and stuff. Right. But, or like classical pieces, but the actual like music, music, which not that those aren't, but <laughs> uh in here is Love, L-U-V, by Whipped Cream. It's kind of like an electronic EDM kind of thing, because it was during the scene where they're playing the VR video game at the very beginning. Okay. Uh, then we get, ugh, I love this song so much. It's so good. Uh, Ends of the Earth by Lord Huron. Yeah. While Gus song. and Tommy are like walking around, you know, heading their way, making their way 
Uh, and yeah, that song is just so good. And yeah, I like that just, one. That's the one that made me make the note of just like, God, the music is so good in this show. <laughs> like a lot of like the folk music and stuff that they use and like very like soft kind of indie stuff that it just, it fits the vibe so well. And then the other ones that I have are just kind of all around Doug's party. Uh, outside of Doug's house, pre-party, you can hear uh, it's Half of Harry by Gordon Weiss. It's the name of the song. And then during Doug's party, Dancing in the Moonlight by King Harvest was playing. And then during Doug's speech about his late wife, it's a song called How Can I Make You Mine by Vel Omar. Oh. That was a nice little uh, story that he had, too. It really kind of, yeah. you know, I think made you connect with Doug, which made, you know, even though we only met him for a few minutes in this episode, um, I think that's what made his death even more of an impact, it seemed. Like, yeah. oh, why'd you do that to Doug? You know, like, we're all good friends with Doug or something. Like, why'd you do that yeah. to <laughs> um, But, yeah, that's great. Yeah, good song choices that they continue um, to have mm-hmm. in the series. I'm definitely impressed. That means a lot. That's always, that always uh, strikes a chord uh, with you and I is, you know, the musical choices. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Any other notes? That is all I have. Cool. Uh, well, it is time for our favorite part of the podcast, and that is our listener feedback portion. So first one that we have comes from our friend, Lindsay Schlicht. She says, I'm very curious about the infrastructure that still seems to be in place. Kids have an elaborate virtual reality funhouse. Lots of places still seem to have electricity, and we're still running things like trains. I would have thought a worldwide virus that killed most of the population would have shut these types of things down as well. I I agree. I have questions about that too, Lindsay. Mm -hmm. Um, She goes on, why do the purple flowers appear with the sick? Um, I'm wondering if Gus's dream is forecasting anything to come. If the community Dr. Singh and his wife live in is completely isolated, are we to assume that Doug caught the virus from Dr. Singh's wife? She did say she wasn't contagious, but how does she know? If no outsiders have come into the community, it would seem ahead to come from her. I really like this new group of teens who are helping big man and Gus. I hope the rest of the story continues with them. I know I keep mentioning who people remind me of, but does the new girl remind anyone else of Mira from game of Thrones? I hope she's as much of a badass. She seems to be. Um, good question about the flowers. I don't know. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll find out. Yeah. I don't know if Gus's dream is forecasting anything, but could be. Um, and I, th- I liked your take on it, Remo, where it's just kind of this like fear of abandonment yeah. kind of personifying itself into a nightmare. I feel like it was kind of a manifestation of his fear yeah. of abandonment for sure. Just what he's went through. Um, I thought that they said that um, Ronnie was contagious. Did they say that she wasn't? Did I miss that? She said she was. Yeah. She said that she wasn't because oh. the serum was still like hadn't worn off yet or something, but, hmm. but obviously I, I, I believe she was wrong. <laughs> I still do blame her for it. I think it was her fault. I I'm operating under the assumption that it was her fault. Um, yeah. And yes, I do. Th- that, that girl does remind me now that you say that I can see uh, mm-hmm. uh, a resemblance, maybe if not physically, but definitely kind of um, in the spirit of Mira. From Game of Thrones. Yeah, so I didn't. I didn't get that vibe before, but now that you see it, I'm like, yep, yeah, she's got a mirror read vibe for sure. Yeah, she was <laughs> badass, good character, which I won't say any more about because just in case people haven't seen Game of Thrones, if you haven't, yeah. go watch it. What's wrong <laughs> with you? Um, anyway, all right. Well, this one comes from Don Elizabeth, who says, "I like this episode, but what affected me the most was feeling so stressed out about Gus. Of course, he wouldn't stay put or not draw attention to himself." He's a kid with no idea of how this world works, and it must be difficult to control those ears. I was on the edge of my chair every time Big Man left him alone, and I had good reason to be. I sure hope the mystery girl is on Gus's side. I'll find out soon. Yeah. His ears, like I said, they're like his eyebrows, you know, like the expressions on his face. And, you know, uh, I feel like if I had ears like that, I probably wouldn't be able to control them either. My... um, Mm -hmm. if, if, if I don't say it with words, you'll be able to read it all over my face. 
for sure. Yeah. Because Gus is very expressive. Yeah. For sure. He's definitely he, very expressive. He can't hide his emotions. Yeah. Poor kid. He's probably never really had to before. Uh, okay. So we did get a couple of voice messages as well. Um, first one that we have is from our friend Greg. You know what would be great? If we came back to actual characters that we had in previous episodes, I really want to know what was going on with Amy. Did she get the pig right when it started? Did she get the pig like at Gus's timeline? When did she get the pig? Hey guys, it's Greg. Um, and really actually enjoying Sweet Tooth. Um, it's not, okay, I guess actually is the wrong word. But anyway, I'd really just like to, I want to know more about Amy. Um, with regards to this episode, I thought that with the weird deer shit, I mean, I was honestly thinking it was going to be weird deer shit, like the, the pellets that he doesn't drop, like, uh, Rusty was mentioning last episode. Um, I kind of made like a, like notes for the, for the the episode kind of like Steve would have, except now it doesn't make sense because now I'm just talking about stuff. Uh, I'm just going to say, Tommy should have killed those guys. Like, you kill them and then you pretty much uh, solve your problems. Um, I can only imagine that some of these scenes are, like, iconic from the comic books uh, or the graphic novels, or you to call them, um, like General Abbott looking at the sign. Uh, I, I imagine that that was pretty, like, oh, this is, like, straight out, lifted straight out of the comics, but I don't, I don't know. I know I, re- I read the first trade, I don't know, maybe two years ago, and I don't remember much about it. Um, I don't really understand. Well, it's not that I don't understand, but burning down the person in the house who happens to be sick, weren't you guys all just in there? Like, don't we wear masks? And, like, if somebody gets sick, like, we, don't we test each other? Like, that's, I thought it was just really extreme. Um, and then the neighborhood, neighborhood watch captain... Uh, she's, she's super creepy. She, uh, don't trust her at all. Anyway, I'm enjoying it and looking forward to listening to you guys talk about it. Bye. Awesome. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. It is something that I thought about. I was like, well, you were all in there with Doug and you don't know how long it's like, then, then I was worried. Cause I thought like, well, now they're going to have to all take the blood test and then they find yeah. out that Ronnie has it that way. And then. Exactly. But I guess they just decided that, nope, we set him on fire, so it's all good now. Yeah, wouldn't they all be kind of suspicious of maybe having it if it spreads that quickly? And they were right. all there spending time with each other and playing charades and sharing, like, the air and food and everything else. I mean, mm-hmm. so, yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe we'll see some of that come down, like, in the next episode. Like, oh, we need to, like, get everyone who's there at that party tested or something. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we've seen the last of Amy, Greg. I think that they're maybe setting up some of these characters, uh, and I think we'll see her again. Just oh, for sure. Not yet. I think I think we're going to see a convergence of characters. So stay tuned. At least that's what I'm hoping, because I also want to see more of Amy. Uh, all right. Thanks, Greg. All right. We got another voicemail from our good friend, Steve. Let's see what his thoughts are about this week's episode. Hey, strange indeed. It's Steve. And I almost forgot to do this this week. Uh, so here we go. Episode three of Sweet Tooth. I guess standalone video games still work because there's no Internet. But this animal army, I wonder, these are the guys that we saw at the end of last week's episode, I think. Better than syrup. And his ears, little ears go up. So cute. So we have a name for this group that's hunting the hybrids. The last men. Whoa. They burned down his house neighborhood watch for the sick and you carry a blood test a portable blood test thing they burned the house down with them in it what kind of sociopath stands there and eats pie while this person burns in his own house uh name of the episode mic drop uh name of the episode again double mic drop you know wandering around can get you into trouble and meeting strange girls well that can get you into trouble too. Dang, that's three times they said the name of the episode. How many mics is dropping? Oh, that got violent quick. Bows and swords and the chick from the market. Nice. 
General Abbott, like Abbott's America. Wow, so good. I forgot how good this show was. And even though I know what's coming, whew, it's going to get good. Oh, <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, nice. nice little tease without little telling tease. us anything. <laughs> I like it. I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks, Steve. Great voicemail. Um, yeah, I'm... I'm excited to see what happens next. Ready to I am. get on to the next one. So uh, yeah, it's going to be the same as it has been every week where we get done recording and I'm like, and now I get to watch the next one right away. And now to the next one. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, well, thank you everyone for taking the time to leave a voicemail, um, calling in and posting on our Facebook page. Really appreciate um, your feedback. Um, so next week on Strange Indeed, we'll be covering episode four. <laughs> Four of Sweet Tooth titled Secret Sauce. Interesting. Um, not a clue where that's going to go. I'm, I'm guessing sure it will be not said the in the episode. Secret and, sauce, right? That's yeah. not it, probably. <laughs> we'll see when it comes up on the episode and somebody says it, and then Mike, or then, then Steve can mic drop, and then we'll. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah, no description. I don't want to know. Um, I would just rather mm-hmm. be left to be surprised. So. Um, so I don't know. We'll see what, what that's supposed to mean. Um, but yeah, join us, uh, for episode four and we are excited that you followed us to, uh, Yellowstone. Um, but we ask that you please also follow us on Twitter at strange T cast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stranger cast. And you can email us at stranger things cast pod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I know House Podcastica is getting ready to cover the new um, Disney Plus uh, show, What If? Yeah. That's exciting. Coming pretty soon. Yeah. I think it comes out this week, right? Tomorrow? Is it this week? I wasn't sure 100% on a date. But I have the power of IMDb. I love IMDb. I thought it was tomorrow on the 11th. Uh, premiere. Yep. Series premieres tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So that's exciting. exciting. That was one of my favorites um, growing up. I, I can't say that I've read all of them, but it was, you know, when I came across them, it was um, definitely one of my favorites growing up, reading some of those what if comics growing up. So yeah, be sure to check out strange or, um, Hey, we're strange indeed. Check out house podcast mm-hmm. coverage. Um, which by tomorrow that means like 2 a.m. tonight when we're recording this so by the time you hear it it's out when you hear us talking it's out right now (laughs) the show will be out i have no clue when they're planning on publishing the episodes but the show will be available by the time you hear us Mm -hmm. um and speaking of great podcasts um make sure you check out pake and daphne on their podcast called run for your lives Mm -hmm. any special teasers for us this week yeah, um, this week will be our season finale, quote unquote. Uh, so it'll be our season two. We kind of do 25, 26 episode oh, seasons. Oh, awesome. Um, and so with this one, we're not covering a movie, but we are looking back on all of the movies that we have covered on, in season two. So everything past the last season finale where we did this same thing. Nice. So every movie that we've covered, we're kind of going back and we're giving our own like little top five lists of our favorite Movies and episodes that we did, our favorite like characters, favorite monsters and stuff from all of these movies, and just kind of having a fun little look back, and then hopefully we get some good feedback on, know what other people thought as well, what their favorite moments and characters and things from these past like twenty four episodes have been. I love that idea. That's really great, and what how fun to take a look back. Yeah, so it's fun, and then unfortunately we will be then be gone for a little bit. No new episodes of Run for Your Lives for about a month. Oh, three or four weeks little break we'll, you know, we'll take our little season you know break after the season to uh we'll still be recording new episodes we'll be like kind of banking up some stuff and mm-hmm. because you know with things getting back to <laughs> quote unquote normal in some cases you know uh-huh. i've got trips and traveling and things coming up yes and hopefully those plans will still happen but uh you know as things kind of get busier so we'll take a little break from publishing episodes so we can make sure to get a little backlog of movies and stuff up and then we will be back in about a month dropping new episodes weekly for you again for another season that's a good idea sometimes and also sometimes a break is just kind of nice yeah 
And I mean, some of that might be just due to, like you said, maybe a little bit of availability since, you know, schedules, things are changing a little bit now, things kind of opening up and, you know, there, there are things happening in real life. Um, so it's nice to sometimes take a step back and, and also a break can be good. You know, we did some of that ourselves earlier in the year. We had quite a break, um, here at strange indeed, um, before we came back. So it can be kind of good, kind of refreshing. Um, so that's awesome. And we'll be sure to check out, um, your finale of season one episode of your podcast. That sounds really, uh, fun, fun thing to do. It's fun to look back. Yeah. Fun to look back. I think we're coming up on our, we've got an anniversary coming up soon here as I was looking at the dates and I was like, Oh wow, it's fast approaching. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll I have think, to do something. I think it's about, it's reached about a year since I've been on the podcast with you because I think I started run for your lives the same week that we started umbrella Academy coverage when I kind of filled Gosh, in. It feels like yesterday, Paik. So, so it's, I mean, I think it was the same week that I did, but you know, started like full-time quote unquote with you and then started run for your lives that week too. So it's been a full year for both Dang. in that case. man, <laughs> That is awesome. It feels like yesterday. It doesn't feel like that long at all. It's, it's been yeah. so fun podcasting with you. It just doesn't feel like that long at all. That's awesome. Well, congratulations um, to you guys. Yeah. That's an awesome milestone. Yeah. Well, all right. That is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Bate. And Candle Witch Rachel is strange indeed.